Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Is Chad Brown. He'll be part of the broadcast team, Colorado Football Hall of Famer, two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler from his days in the NFL. And he joins us now in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Chad, uh, thank you very much for, for taking the time. Uh, with your background uh, and your tremendous amount of success at a whole bunch of different levels as a linebacker. Uh, I feel like we've spent a lot of time um, talking about all the hyped up quarterbacks in college football and in the NFL, but we're, we're talking college here during this preseason. What, what are you as a, as a defensive player, as a linebacker looking across the line, what are you looking for pre-snap from a quarterback that lets you know either this guy's legit or I'm going to eat his lunch? <laughs> Uh, well, number one, looking forward to some college football tonight. Mm. Uh, number two, I appreciate the defensive-focused questions. <laughs> uh, rarely, rarely get those as a broadcaster. Uh, you know, I have played against quarterbacks who are in their first starts, mm. and uh, you can see the nervousness. It, it's clear. It's palatable. You can read it across the line of scrimmage, the amount of bass in his voice as he's making the, the calls or checks at the line of scrimmage, the way that he, his body language speaks to his level of confidence or his level of of nervousness. So, you know, just like a predator on the Serengeti in Africa, as a <laughs> linebacker, I'm looking at that quarterback in the same way. And I'm looking for all the little clues that will clue me into how it is best for me to attack this particular player. Um, as a Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, we specialized when, in my time when it was Blitzburg with myself and Kevin Green and LeVon Kirkland and Rod Woodson and knocking quarterbacks out the game. I know that's not really part of football anymore, but uh, so uh, the, that ability to dissect the quarterback, find his weakness, attack him at his weakness, and force the lesser quarterback into the game after that was certainly a part of my football experience. So, yeah, I'm looking for these little clues and signs that will indicate to me that this guy's not ready for prime time. And if he's got a slow decision-making process, even better. Let's confuse him with a couple of blitzes, and we will be able to put a helmet in his chest, and he might not be able to throw so well after that. And and looking at at the game tonight that you'll be on the call for Florida Utah, uh, Cam Rising for for Utah it seems to be kind of one of those quarterbacks that has earned a lot of respect for toughness and and you know the way he's played throughout the years. But uh, but he's not going to be available, still recovering from from the injury suffered late last season. Uh, when you know the, the 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 Serengeti analogy you just used, do Florida's backers smell blood with Bryson Barnes getting the start when when that Utah team has been so much Cam Rising's over the last few years? Uh, I think they can't help but do that. You know, Bryson Barnes uh, played in relief for Cam Rising last year in the, in the Rose Bowl where, where Cam tore his ACL. Uh, but there's also a third quarterback on that roster. That's Nate Johnson. He's a freshman, a high school track star, maybe the fastest player on the Utah roster. And they're going to sprinkle him in with wildcat packages and zone reads and things like that. So the, the Florida defense, uh, while they may be hopeful that Cam Rising is unable to go, um, be careful what you wish for uh, because there's been, a, uh, you know, defenses that have been excited about playing a backup quarterback or two, and that backup quarterback or two comes in with a skill set they're not prepared to defend, and it ends up being a turning point in the ballgame. 
So uh, I, I'm looking forward to even without Cam Rising. Uh, Bryson Barnes has done a pretty good job. Uh, but let's face facts, Utah with Kyle Whittingham wants to win the ball, win the game, running the football, and playing great defense. So while the storyline heading into this game is all about the quarterback situation, the formula for Utah, I think, allows them to be successful uh, no matter who's under center. That voice here is Chad Brown. He'll be on the call tonight right here on 99.9 The Fan for Florida and Utah. Uh, it's going to be pretty – I mean, you bring up uh, Johnson's speed and his athletic ability at the quarterback position. It's been a while since Florida's played in a football game where they didn't have the best athlete at quarterback on their sideline with Anthony Richardson, uh, and they're, they're rolling out Graham Mertz transfer. Uh, what does he bring to the table as far as replacing the, the athletic beast that was Anthony Richardson? Well, when you talk about Anthony Richardson, you have to lead with the athletic ability. But as a quarterback, he was far from a finished product. So I expect the Florida offense to actually be more efficient with Graham Mertz. It won't have the same level level of athleticism at the quarterback position. There's no doubt about that. But I think he's a very skilled passer in the shorter to intermediate game. Uh, Florida definitely wants to run the football. They've got Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson. Both guys rushed for over 700 yards last year. I'd imagine if you're Billy Napier, you're going to lead with those guys. And there's enough talent at the tight end and wide receiver position. If Graham Mertz is given some protection, completes a few shorter intermediate passes, and this run game is able to click, I can see those Utah safeties start to creep up in the box a bit, and Graham Mertz can surprise them with a deep play-action pass. So, uh, you know, while Graham Mertz certainly presents a downgrade athletically, Again, I think his ability to operate all parts of the offense are a kick higher. Four-year player at Wisconsin, he's a fifth-year guy coming back, so he's seen a lot of major college football. I think they'll be more efficient with him under center and will be able to play a style of offense that lends itself to moving the chains rather than just going with explosive plays. Now, now I, I lose track. When you were at, at Colorado, was that a Big 12 Colorado? Nope, I am old enough. I was in the Big Eight. Okay, all right. Well, it's, it's, yeah. so it's they're kind of going back home. Uh, is it, how much of the the conversation around an, a, a night like tonight, right? Utah, a Pac-12 team is hosting Florida. It, how much of the conversation is about this kind of being one last ride for the Pac-12? Does it feel like that? Is there funeral music playing? Like, like what's what's the the vibe? I think the Pac-12 clearly is is, is done with. Mm-hmm. Only four schools, you know, without a, a future home really assigned at this point. The Pac-12 is done, and it's a, it's a shame. I'm a Southern California kid. I grew up in the shadow of the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. I sold programs at the Rose Parade and at the Rose Bowl game. Um, so when I think of, you know, West Coast football, I think of the Pac-12 and all these amazing schools, USC and UCLA and the, the, the rivalry in the old, in the old uh, Rose Bowl with the Big Ten and things like that. Um, but for the Pac-12 and college football fans around the country, I think this is going to be a really good year in the Pac-12. You think about some of these quarterbacks, just the quarterbacks in the Pac-12, Michael Penix Jr. at University of Washington, mm-hmm. Bo Nix at Oregon, Jaden De La Laura at uh, uh, Arizona, Cameron Ward at Washington State, Caleb Williams, the returning Heisman Trophy winner at USC. Utah's got Cam Rising, who we talked about. Let's not forget DJ Ungalele at Oregon State, and Shador Sanders at CU. There's going to be a great quarterback play. There's going to be a lot of really good football uh, in the Pac-12 this year. The level of football is going to rise, hopefully, above the you know end or demolition of the Pac-12 as a conference. And I think they'll be part of the 
the national football scene and picture this year as far as teams and quarterbacks in the Heisman race. Chad, before we let you go, and, and I know you have some prep to get ready for for the game tonight, Florida-Utah, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I, I, I have to ask, I was uh, in preparation for this interview looking at your Wikipedia, and there's one line all the way at the bottom that says, uh, going back to your playing days, you've operated a business selling non-venomous snakes. Is that true? That is 100% uh, true. Okay, perfect. Uh, Pro-exotics reptiles. Uh, produced several thousand babies a year, sold them all over the globe. Uh, <laughs> we were the pioneer of uh, introducing some species into the pet trade. We were also a pioneer of introducing some species to the hobby overall. That never, never became true pet species, but were more collector species. Uh, and now I operate Ship Your Reptiles that allows reptile businesses and hobbyists to ship their animals from, from their place to a, a, maybe their eventual home. So we service everybody from the military mom who needs to ship little Timmy turtle from Tennessee to Texas to the reptile breeder who's going to ship 100 packages this week and another 100 packages next week. Uh, FedEx does the heavy lifting and delivery. I sell the packaging, the expertise, and the know-how. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that business for about 12 years. Okay, so we're up against it here. So in, in 30 seconds or less, if I just want like a really cool-looking big old snake to make myself look 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 tough and, and gnarly, what what are you selling me? Uh, you know, the really giant stuff, the anacondas and the reticulated pythons and the Burmese pythons, those are too big. I'd go with the boa constrictor. It's always impressive enough to, pay, to impress anybody in the general public, yet it's small enough and handleable enough you can keep it in your home and you don't have to feed it pigs or anything like that or eat you know rats you can buy at the pet store chad i appreciate your expertise on the football side of things and then on the 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 reptiles and snakes there at the end chad we appreciate you for jumping on the show thanks for having me on i appreciate it guy thank you for listening to the best of the drive podcast i'm tim donnelly here with coach pete of capital financial advisory group coach is it still true that a million is enough to retire on tim maybe and maybe not the most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive we'll give that away to the next 10 people call right now The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. It's it's, it's getting late on a Thursday. Here's the – still, check out Panthers Playbook Podcast because uh, it came out – it dropped, released, whatever you want to say, at midnight and and – uh, Dennis and Chris Lee, uh, WRAL sports reporter, were uh, on, on the show or on, on the pod, and they hypothesized that the Panthers might lose uh, Matt Corral to the Patriots by way of waiver claim, and that's exactly how it played out today. So, like I, I give said, all credit to Chris on this, by the way. He's the one that said it. I was I was spreading the credit, but if if, right. if you want to be honorable about it, go ahead. Uh, so Chris would have would have made it less of a surprise for you. I am a bit surprised, uh, simply because. I can't predict what the Patriots are doing with their quarterbacks at all. But also, you know, it, it feels like most of the time when a team tries to slide a player through waivers and bring them back on the practice squad, uh, they know what they're talking about, right? They they're, they have done their market research. They have their double agents across the league that let them know, like, yeah, they, they're probably going to make it through. You're good. So I, I thought the Panthers wanted him to be on their practice squad because it just seems to make sense in the NFL nowadays to have your starter, to have your backup, and to have someone else you kind of trust um, because we've seen it happen. I mean, look at the the Panthers. 
right? How many seasons of the last few have we seen them play three or more quarterbacks? Too many. <laughs> Just about all of them. And, and if and if Bryce Young wasn't here, I'd I'd expect it to be happening again. Um, but I mean, then there's the obvious answers like what happened with the the Niners last year. There's the obvious answers like like what have happened a few times across the league. You want three, you know, able bodies that you trust to know the offense, to be in your system, and to go out there and execute in case of emergency. Uh, and I thought Corral was going to be one of those guys for the Panthers. Now he's. You know, essentially, he's the backup. He's on the 53 for the Patriots. Yeah. So you, if you were trying to slide him onto the practice squad, you misread the market, right? You didn't realize that there was someone out there that would try to snipe him from you. Now, getting sniped by the, the Patriots probably makes more sense because if there's any, you know, like Fort Knox secret style, if, if, if there's a leak in the Patriots organization, I feel like it's punishable by like physical torture. Mm-hmm. rather than some others, which would be like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. If, if Frank Reich learned that, you know, one of his assistants tipped off an assistant buddy across the league on something to look out for them, he'd probably be like, listen, I know you're loyal. I know you have friends, but we really need to keep priorities here. If Belichick found out that one of his assistants tipped off an assistant friend from across the league just to make sure they were going to be all right, I feel like that's met with the wrath of a 100 sons or something like that. Uh, but either way, Matt Corral, no longer a Panther. I believe the Panthers will be looking for a practice squad quarterback. Uh, and that opens it up to, to, you know, a whole host of potential options. Uh, it's going to be a young guy and they're going to have to, to have him basically learn without getting any reps. Cause the reps need to go to Bryce Young still. The guy to probably, I don't know if he was picked up by anybody, Jake Luton. You had him in camp. Jake Luton likely. Yeah. I would, I haven't seen him claimed, um, you know, I mean, it's a, yeah, Luton might be the guy just because he's already kind of he he's already been in the playbook and exactly he, you know he knows his way around the facility, mm-hmm. knows where the training room is. You don't have to do an orientation of any kind. Guys uh, already know him. That's the thing. Coaching staff and the team already knows the guy. I, I was ha- having this conversation with somebody the other day though, Jake Luton, and this is so unfair. Like if you know, everyone's talking about running backs need to u- unionize. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking. 24 and older quarterbacks that aren't starters need to unionize. Okay, how so? Because there's a lot of guys that like never get a chance to play, never really get a chance to practice, and then at 24, 25 years old, they're told, like, there's no use for you, you're no good anymore, we're going to replace you with newer backups. And it's like, well, you don't even know, right? Luton is probably too old to be a third-string quarterback, which is unfair to Luton, but – you, you tend to keep that third-string practice squad guy for somebody who might be Brock Purdy, uh, like somebody who might be uh, you know, a, a rookie or a second-year guy. And it's just like I, I think there's a backup quarterback whole realm of guys that, you know, if, if, you don't, if you're a late bloomer, if you don't peak till 27, 28, you are out of luck when it comes to being a quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't, doesn't seem like the best way to find the best players. Uh, so anyway, I, we'll see what they do, but I do think they'll bring a a some kind of quarterback onto the practice squad. Also, we've been uh, tracking their tight end usage, yeah, because they had five tight ends on their initial fifty three man roster. Uh, Stephen Sullivan put on IR, so he will not be eligible to play for the first four games, but he also will not take up a practice squad or uh, sorry a roster spot. So, I uh, four tight ends is more manageable. I still think three is the number. I think you want your starter. I think you want your backup, and then you want either like an H back style guy that could play a little little fullback also, 
or your third tackle. You just want like your 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 big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, four seems like a little much, but it's more manageable. I just think, you know, if if you can use a roster spot on a on a another depth offensive lineman or a tight end, I like the lineman. If you can use your roster spot on a another defensive back, especially since they're going to be playing more diamond nickel, uh, I I think you do that. If you can spend it on an uh, an another running back with a with a specialty pass catching uh short yardage whatever i think you do that i I just i don't know maybe i'm downplaying tight end like people downplay running backs and everyone's gonna get really mad at me but uh but i don't know the fourth tight end seems like a little much but it's way better than having five tight ends and if you think i'm crazy about downgrading tight ends well maybe i am because tj hawkinson just signed for 17 and a half million dollars a year and he's a tight end biggest contract for a tight end in nfl history so obviously the nfl still values tight ends even if i might be talking down the fourth tight end on the roster it's a big big payday for hawkins it's a massive payday big payday or travis kelsey's going like hey uh kelsey has said he's he's not a like him and and mahomes to their mm-hmm. credit have both said they're not about chasing every dollar they're about chasing championships well, for them, for those guys, obviously they're already getting paid well as it is, but sure. for them, their on-field success opens up so many more opportunities with endorsements and things along those lines. So, yeah, they might take a little bit less, quote-unquote, with their player contract, but with their endorsements that they make, let's be real, those guys are making money hand over fist. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year primary care and urgent care under one roof multiple locations virtual visits walk in or schedule an appointment online from annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection strep or the flu we couldn't be more convenient learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org 